Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Smash Through Podcast. I'm your host, Easy, and I'm joined by the Witch Cling, a man whose tag always makes me think that he's on the wrong controller, Macklin. I don't know what that means. It just looks like it says tweak. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, when I use the shorthand. Yeah, you go W, you go TWK, and literally we were at a local, and I was like, hey, I think that Matt picked the wrong controller. And I, like, ruined your match. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that's fine. I I probably should think of a better... uh you know, shorthand, but like typing out the witch cling is just, it's just a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. I get it. I get what's going on. I, I you know, a, it, it, part of this is always improving, right? Like we got to figure out how we do these type of things. Uh, for me, uh, that's like the point of the show. It's the reason that we, we do this. We've been, you know, always improving on our part. We have been lacking. We've talked about doing a lot of podcasts, didn't do them. Uh, but Matt, talk to me about you. Like, what have you been doing since we last recorded to be always improving? Um, well, honestly, I've been pretty busy recently just with other stuff. Uh, so I don't know. In Smash, I continue the grind of uh, trying to get all the characters into Elite, which I'm not. I mean, it's not useless as far as get improvement, but it's certainly not the most valuable use of my time. Like, it does. It definitely helps because you get a lot of. Uh, interesting parallels over different characters plus when you have to play always on fundamentals it leads to uh you not resting on uh like setups or like uh i don't know like situa- si- situational awareness is very different if you're playing the same character all the time versus if you're always playing somebody else i actually think that you doing this has improved my mains a lot like, I know that's a little bit selfish to say, but, like, the fact that you playing on random gives me a good game with, like, Wolf, Greninja, Samus, like, all those characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I actually think that, like, those characters have gotten a lot better because of that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I at least have a baseline of most characters now, so, like, you can get a feel for a matchup. Yeah, I, I, I've i really enjoyed the fact that you've done this because it, it makes the games were like you know obviously like you would just play zero suit all the time right and uh i don't know i it's been really helpful for me and honestly like i think that it's helped a couple of your other spots too where like i've noticed you uh are challenging your habits a lot with zss because you noticed that you carry those habits over into other characters yeah, that's that's pretty much what I'm getting at for the most part, I guess. Like, uh, certain characters will have options that are so good in so many scenarios that, like, you tend to default to them even too much. Like, uh, a good example is Zero Suit Zare. Like, it's good in almost all situations. So, like, but it, it does com- become predictable at some point. Um, and I feel like it's easier to notice yourself having a habit, even if it's a good, like, a you know, quote-unquote good habit. Uh when you when you start delving into a bunch of different characters can i can i ask i actually don't know the answer to this are you at like 26 characters how many are you having elite right now like 57 dang dude that's sick what 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 do we do when you get that screenshot <laughs> i don't know 
it's it's getting less and less likely now. I know it was getting more likely at one point, but now I just uh, I don't know. You gotta give the screenshot. It, it, You're the so thing, close. The thing is, I know, but the thing is, it becomes a lot more like work when you just only have characters you don't really like that much. That's fair. I don't know. Like, I feel like you said that like a couple months ago, and then got like fifteen. Yeah, it's true. It's it just depends. I mean, I, I think that one thing also is that. Uh, if you get better with a character, you kind of realize things that you like about them. Like, I find a lot more characters a lot less offensive now that I've played some with them. Sure. Like, Sora, Sora, I think, is the greatest example. Like, Sora was the most annoying character in the game for me to play against. But, like, after having played Sora for a little bit, there are things that I like about Sora. Sure. Uh, for me, I, I'll kind of dive into my was improving. I, you know, I've been thinking a lot about my time and um you know I, I got a I got a new job I, I recently got laid off but during that new job I was like you know how does smash fit into my balance in life it's the thing that I enjoy the most with you know my best friend Matt so it needs to fit in there and like how does that work and I I really feel like I've tried to focus on specific characters a lot more like not like messing around a bunch um, you know, we've we've done multiple episodes where, like, Spencer was having trouble picking a main. And for me, like, Wolf is my main, and there are characters that I can dive into if I want to try something else. But that that has been really solidified to me the last, like, two months. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, like, honestly, in the exact opposite space of where I was at with my always improving, which is really nice. Like, I think that that's honestly a better way to go for most people. Well, I, I think we'll get into the main topic, but like, um, you know, there are specific things that I know that I need to work on with Wolf now, whereas like getting down the basics of, you know, something like Samus or something is a lot different. Like I got, well, I'll just use today's play as an example where like I was trying to nair a lot and getting forward air and like that happens when you like switch into a character that you haven't played recently, right? Where like you're getting the wrong inputs because the timing and like how you do it is maybe slightly different or like you want it so bad and you're like trying to do something. It, it, it's like a flow thing. Well, I think a lot of that has to do with airspeed as well. Like, especially with like Samus, like her yeah. air drift is not that great because she's so floaty. So like, if you're trying to get near and getting forward air, it's probably because you're trying to position yourself in a place for the right. to hit, but you yes. need to be more on the ground right. to get to that spot. No, to totally true. And I, I think that, you know, if, if what was really funny is the thing that made me realize that I was doing this is there was like this, this viral thing on Twitter. Matt's not like on Twitter that much, but Matt, do you remember that, that photo I sent you of like the characters that I was comfortable playing? Um, I don't remember it off the top of my head. Why don't you remind me? Yeah. So the, there was this viral Twitter thread stuff going where you would just post the characters that you enjoyed or liked or thought you were good with. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was like really obvious. I was like, oh man, I have actually narrowed this down quite a bit where it's like, it's literally Greninja, PT, K. Rule, the Samuses, um, Roy, Krom, and uh, Young Link. And that, that's it. That's the and whole... Wolf. And Wolf, thank you. Like, that's it. And... Uh, I don't know. It it was an interesting moment for me to like realize I have a lot of characters that I enjoy playing. I don't need that many more to like dive into. Right. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. 
I think that uh, yeah, I, I think that it is good to have at least uh at least one or two other characters that you play at least sometimes, like just for like diversifying your own play. Um and it also just keeps it interesting in some ways, you know? Like I think no matter also, how interesting your character is, I think that you're gonna want to play some other I think it also just helps those people around you like being able to like say oh, I don't understand this much. Like, I have some of this knowledge. Mm-hmm. We can at least have a conversation is, like, really valuable. Right. So that's going to do for our Always Improving segment. The point of this podcast is to be getting better. Uh, you know, it's hard. Smash is hard. Mm-hmm. And the metagame moves really fast, too, in this game. So uh, I, I'm excited to kind of talk about our main topic today. Uh, housekeeping really quickly. Monthly Smash and Easy. We did this two months ago. Uh, we had we had somebody join. I didn't do it last month. That's my bad. I got laid off and there was stuff going on. But I'll I'll make an effort to force me Matt to at least play one day in the Easy Discord. Uh, we still have that thousand sub giveaway. We got some new subs uh, in on the YouTube channel. But yeah, you know we're giving away a Switch and Smash. And same thing, if a new Switch is announced, a new Smash is announced, it carries over into that, so. Awesome. Uh, let's go to our main topic. Is You know, Matt, there's a new special edition Switch that came out. Probably what will be the best-selling Switch, the best, well, not the best-selling Switch game. Probably a top-three-selling Switch game is about to come out mm-hmm. in Tears of the Kingdom. I have already had people reach out to me that they finally bought their Switch, they finally bought Smash, and they asked me where to start. And that's one of the reasons that I was so set on doing this episode is, like, how do you start? Like, this game is old. Like, as far as Smash games, it's actually the oldest Smash game that uh, doesn't have a hasn't new... been successful. Yeah, that hasn't <laughs> been successful. Like, it's, it's oldest crap, and yet it is not figured out. Yeah, I think some of that has to do with them starting with 75 characters in the game or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny is, like, a lot of the characters that were considered low tier or whatever, you know, a bunch of balance updates. Like, nothing has been figured out yet. But I, I think the, the first point of, like, where to start out um, is really interesting because I think that we're in it, it, it happens. You are at a disadvantage for this, and I want to talk about it. And that's, like, defining your goals. Like, how do you... Coming to Smash, like, a lot of our listeners are probably MTG players trying to get into Smash because of kind of our background, or they're, uh, you know, like, other competitive-style gamers. Like, that's why you listen to a podcast like this. How do you define your goals in Smash with that kind of background at this point? Well, I, honestly, even if, before defining goals, I think that it's important to just, like, have fun with the game for a little bit. Because, like, if you go day one into smash and you're like oh i just want to be great at this game and you start getting into the lab and practicing like that's the first thing you ever do that's just not a good way to go um and i i also think that just playing around with the game a bunch is going to help you with our second part which is picking a main um, well i can we actually dive into that really quick because i agree and i think one of my favorite parts of smash ultimate was unlocking the characters sure and yeah that's also it, nice that you actually have to do that. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually think unlocking the characters was super fun. Mm. And I'll just say the way I did it, which is not the fastest way to do it. A lot of people will just Google the fastest way to do it. I played classic mode with every character. I've actually beaten classic mode 
I think with every character on the highest difficulty at this point. And, you know, I think that that is it pro- maybe even the slowest way other than World of Light to do it. But sure. it was really fun. Yeah, I, I did the opposite of that. I did the Google it, and then, like, every time you unlock a character, you reset. reset. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that, for what it's worth it, like, there are other ways to enjoy Smash. Like, I, I for one, wish that I played a World of Light first. I actually think that that would have been really fun. Um, it is less fun to play World of Light, for example, when your goals change. Mm-hmm. But it is a actually really fun Smash mode. Well, so I, I think for me, in Smash Ultimate, I actually did kind of come into it with the, you know, when I first start off, all I want to do is unlock these characters and then get in the lab and start practicing. But the thing is, it wasn't my first Smash title or anything. Like, I had already played a lot of Smash 64, so I kind of knew what things I liked about the game. Um, but if, I'm trying to imagine myself as, like, never having played a Smash title uh, like previously and just like kind of getting into it and back when i first started playing 64 like i definitely played you know all stages items on just you know playing around with my buddies and uh you know playing the the one player game a lot so i think that that's a really valuable way to start at least um and then let's say that you've done that and you're like oh i really like this game and now my goal is to be better at this game then we got to start defining what your goals actually are and how realistically they they are for you and you know both how much how much time do you have to dedicate to this and also is it worth it for you uh because i think that especially in my position in my life i've been in my i've been in a scenario a lot of times where i'm like oh this sounds like a really important thing to me and i have tons of time and i'm just gonna practice this and then at some point you realize that you know the juice just isn't worth the squeeze you know but as a as a way of saying it <laughs> no i i mean we kind of talked about that a little bit during my always improving of like what is what is reasonable for me and you know i i i will pretend like smash summit and just talking about wolf and hearing people talk about wolf and ice climbers and like the different characters wasn't like you know what like magic is really important to me i'm gonna focus a lot of my time on magic so what does that mean for my character selection and it means that i'm gonna play like way less characters and i'm going to try to get better with way less characters and also like what's what's my goal in smash for me it's like i'd love to like tutu a local and mm-hmm. if you're like coming to this from like a magic perspective from like you know winning rcqs or whatever or if you're coming from it uh from like a you know a grinder in uh you know different types of online games where like you're trying to get platinum or you know whatever your high level is you're like that seems wild like how could that be my goal and i think that smash is so different from those types of games as far as like one there's what is there 85 characters in this game now yeah somewhere around that and like you're just you one think of how much you have to understand those matchups and think of, like, the number of times where, like, somebody who was really good, like, Spargo or Tweak or, like, whoever, just, like, or even, like, the time, the first time that Kurama beat MKLeo, like, some, even the best players are, like, I've never seen this before. I They get dunked on. Like, just absolutely obliterated. 
And there's so many characters in this game that like having anything really intense means that your dedication needs to be that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that also, uh, I mean, it's a zero variance game, right? So that's that's certainly a factor. Um, there's no way to uh, beat a player that's better than you for the most part. <laughs> um, and uh, we say that, that, but I just said like all those times that it happens, right? Well, yeah, but that they they were not playing better in those moments, though, right? Like, I, I, obviously, MK Leia was better than Garama, but like he was not playing better because he didn't understand. He didn't understand Garama how how the best Mario in the world would play before the best Mario in the world existed. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was used to Dark Wizzy's Mario, which was much more defensive. Right. And uh, Rama doesn't play like that. Yeah. I, I want to talk about this really quick, though, because I think we're getting to the next point of, like, how do you narrow down this, right? Like, how do you... If you've decided your goal is to be better and play in tournaments, which is what this podcast is about, right? How do you then narrow that down? And it, it's this obvious thing that everybody talks about, but it's picking a main, right? Like, you have to pick where you want to start. Like, picking a main is the starting point. Yeah. And you actually have a really interesting background in this that I was really excited to talk about, where uh, you started on Pikachu, you went to Palutena, you went to uh, Zero Suit, and then went to Joker, and then went back to Zero Suit. And I think that your progression was very based in how the metagame looked, how the character spreads looked, and, like, was very focused on tournament plan. I'd love you to talk about it. Um, I yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's what happened. Um, I think that... I played Pikachu because that was my main in 64. Um, and then... I started watching Smash tournaments and I really liked the way that Palutena looked. Like just it just looked like a really enjoyable way to play a character. Um and then I even at that point saw Zero Suit and I was like, wow, this is the hypest thing I've ever seen. Like, but it looks impossible. And had just concluded that that was not something that I could ever achieve. So I was like, well, I just want to play Palutena because she's easier and then you know, debatably better. Uh, especially at that point in time, because this was like, you know, pre-nerfs. Um, I I don't know. And then, and then Palutena got nerfed and I was just like, well, you know, maybe I'll just play Zero Suit for a little bit and see how it goes. And I just found some content online that I really liked about Zero Suit, started practicing things and then was just hooked. Well, what's funny is though, you went to Joker for a little bit too. Uh, I don't think that I ever. I mean, I I feel like I talked about maining Joker a bunch, but like I, but I don't never know, was in my in my mind like mentally, I never really considered myself a Joker main. Sure. Well, I I I think that the progression is interesting because like my very best character to start like from the beginning to the end has been Wolf. It's been it's been three characters: Wolf, Greninja, Samus. Like those are the characters that I win the most with, other than K. Rule, but like that's for a different reason. And we can talk about that. But, you know, for me, picking a main has... The reason it's been difficult is, like, I I found 
the neutral game of Smash boring at times. Mm. And the characters that I liked, whether it be, or the characters that I won with, whether it be Wolf or whether it be, um, I mean, not Samus, but like, uh, even K. Rule in a lot of ways, like understanding neutral and like, I like playing a range of characters. I think that that's something that you can see from everything is like, I like forcing my opponent to approach and then punishing them. And you, it, it is one of the hardest parts of picking me for me is like, there are also things that like I watch and I'm like, kind of like what you said, where it's like, holy crap, I want to be this cool. Mm-hmm. I, like for me, the hypest character in the whole game is Pokemon Trainer and Greninja. Like they are easily the hypest characters. You watch them play and you're like, this is the coolest thing that you could possibly be doing. Um, but I think I think one of the things that to hit on here is your excitement for something really helps. Yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say. Like, I think that the most important thing when you're picking a main is just pick something you, you like. Like, you're going to put in more effort if you like the person that you're picking. Yeah, I I mean we we talked about this a lot. Like when I was being Greninja for a couple months, where like. I mean, even, I think you said this on our last episode where, like, my wolf got way better when playing Greninja because I was having more fun playing Smash. That, that for sure. But I also think that it tied back into what I was saying before about breaking habits. Like, I think your wolf was very uh, flowchart and, and not necessarily even in a good way a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and I think that playing another character kind of just uh, allows you to see what options you have in more uh, more scenarios. Yeah, and honestly, like, this is not dis- discouraging people from just picking somebody. Uh, I know that, like, my son, who's, you know, seven years old, you know, his his best character is Bowser. And when he plays Bowser a bunch for, like, two days, he's way better at Smash. Mm-hmm. It, it's not even, like, it, it it is, like, the perfect encapsulation of, like, now this, like, six-year-old remembers his moveset, remembers what happened in, like... You know, his brain is perfect for doing this, too. Where, like, he remembers what worked, when it worked, and then the start to adjust. What other picture-perfect thing is there of that than this? Yep. Uh, I want to talk really quickly, you know, talking about picking a main, that's great, you know. I assume that, like, if you've gotten this far, maybe you haven't picked one yet. But I think we're both encouraging you to just pick something you like. Um, and just do it. Like, try it for two months. And then if you don't like it, that's fine. Try somebody else. It'll it'll be worth it. Um, but I want to talk about VODs and content. I, I have a really strong opinion about this. I think that if there is an Eza video of your main, you should watch it. You should watch it a bunch. You should practice it. Um, I think it is some of the best content out there for Smash. And then I think that you should watch matches and like matchups that you are trying to play for that character. Yeah, I especially. So here's the thing. I think that the easiest way to pick a main is just to find a player that you really like from watching VODs. So like that's already going to set you up for having VODs of the character that you want to play. Um, as far as like what kind of content. Yeah, I think Izaw is a good place to start, especially when you're, uh, you know, first picking up a character. Uh, the one thing is you never really stop consuming content for the most part. I mean, I guess at, you know, at some level you maybe do, right? Like I, I doubt if, uh, 
you know, MKLeo's watching people's buy list videos or whatever. Is that even true? Like, uh, I mean, maybe that's true for them, but like, <laughs> like if somebody dropped a wolf guide tomorrow, I'd watch it. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think for the most part, like it's it's valuable to consume content, you know, pretty much indefinitely. And even even at the very top level, like sometimes there's new tech that comes out or whatever. Um, so one person that I really like that does all the bread and butter combo videos, and this is like probably a little bit later, I think, into content rather than the Izaw videos. Like Izaw will give you a better base. Um, I think it's Frenzy Light is the name on YouTube, but he does bread and butters for basically every character. But the, the downside is that there's no inputs on it. So you have to actually like look at it and understand what's happening. Well, we did a, maybe I can put this in the show notes if I can find it in my Google Docs. But when we were getting ready for Crown 2, I actually, when I was meeting PT, found that website that gave you the bread and butter inputs. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll find that and put it in the show notes. But I agree, like, if you can watch the flow of somebody doing it along with the inputs... It's it's super helpful, but I think that like I I think that Iza is like the perfect starting point for a lot of characters. Larry Lur also does a really good job if he has a guide on somebody, mm-hmm. um, of just like you know, I think it wasn't Larry Lur the one that did the Falco guide that was like the most ridiculous like use these three moves. Wasn't that him? I, I don't know. That sounds believable, though. Yeah, I, I, I think that, like, there are certain types of content creators that'll focus on, here's the basics of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain content creators that will that you'll need to look up that, like, are like, okay, you you already know the basics. We're going to, like, assume you know them. Here's the best case scenarios for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just want to point out these aren't even guides. Like the thing that I'm talking about, it's just like a you know two minute video of every bread and butter combo. That oh, have from, I've seen those from like beginner to godlike, and you like I spent a lot of time just doing these zero suit combos and making sure I could do every single one all the way from beginner till. Uh, there's still some in the godlike category that I just can't do. Like sure. they're you know very difficult, but I can do everything from beginner to pro and most of the godlike ones. I think that you touched on a really important point is that like. What do you do with the content now that you have it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think that, like, understanding, like, what does training and practice look like is really person dependent. But I want you to kind of start on, like, how did you do it? Uh, so I think that the default is to practice short hop fastballs. Uh, and just, like, I, I, there's a progression there, probably. Like you should be able to short hop every time and then you can start incorporating fast falls and it's honestly pretty impressive how how much depth there is just on short hop fast falling, especially depending on what your character is. Um like you can mix up timings on that pretty pretty substantially. Um and if you're actually if your goal is to just get frame perfect short hop fast falls over and over again, like that can be very difficult for a lot of characters. I, I can't even get them frame perfect, uh you know, with zero suit most of the time. Uh, this is the number one thing that I've been really upset about my wolf lately. Um, I you probably heard this when we've been playing that, but I'm like, I meant to short hop that. I meant to short hop that. I meant to fast fall that. I meant to fast fall that. Like, and what's funny is like I was getting really good at it with Wolf and Young Link when they were the only two characters I was playing like a year and a half ago. Like, hmm. but it it actually 
the 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 way that they're different, right? Like with like so for example, like the way that you short the way that you fast fall with Wolf is actually just different than Greninja. Mm-hmm. And playing so much Greninja, my I've been full hopping a lot with Wolf. And I think that like understanding like the importance of picking a main comes out when you think about practice and you think about this type of stuff. Um you know, the the macros can take you so far for rising aerials, but they don't take you very far for what we're talking about here. Yeah, you, there is no macro for a for a falling aerial. Um, so yeah, I think that uh, for starting, the ways that I would start training is, first of all, movement training, which is like very basic stuff. Like make sure you can turn around without moving. Uh, make sure that you can, uh, you know, do rising aerials, falling aerials, short hop when you want to, fast fall when you want to, etc. Um, those things are really important and you will notice a huge benefit to your game if you can just do them subconsciously. Um, yeah, I, I will post a movement drill guide, uh, mm-hmm. that I actually have, um, for at least, I think I have one for three characters. I'll, I'll compile it and post it in the show notes for this. Yeah. I mean, the thing is there, there are some training or like movement guides that are so basic that you could just apply them to any character. Yeah, um, I agree. And uh, after that, I, one of the things that I really think is helpful is just going into the lab and playing against a an opponent that's just on stop, like they're not moving at all, and just kind of uh, just hitting them with whatever you can, just to I don't know. It's like it's like a hitting a punching bag, but it helps you a lot in understanding where your character is going to be and how fast you can get to a spot. This is actually the first piece of advice any coach ever gave to me in Smash. I paid for two coach or three coaches, and the first one that I ever had, this is their exact advice. The, yeah, I think it is really helpful. Like you just kind of get a flow of the movement of your character, and like obviously you're going to have to adapt it a little because you're going to have to anticipate where your opponent is going to be in a different way when they're moving. But I think just understanding how fast your character can get to a spot is really important, and just understanding the basic movement. Like when I when if I full hop this move, where is it going to hit? you know and uh it's honestly also a lot more entertaining than a lot of the moving movement practice stuff is like the movement practice stuff is it might be entertaining at first because it's going to be so difficult but at some point you're going to need to do it when it's boring uh because it needs to be just ingrained and uh the like kind of hitting a punching bag part of the lab is actually you know pretty entertaining (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, like, just speaking personally, like, I need to get back into the lab before Crown to do the boring stuff because I mostly do the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a balance there. Like, you can do the fun stuff. The fun stuff is helpful, but you have to be willing to be like, okay, I need to go make sure that I can do 15 in a row fast fall Nairs. I need to go make sure that I can do... Like, I need to make sure that I can short hop 50 times in a row. Like, right. it sucks, but if you can't do it, can you do it when it's going to matter? Because, like, for me, even when I could do it, there were still times where, like, I was pushing the button too hard or, like... Oh, yeah. it's, it's So that's the thing, right? Is, like, uh, no matter what you're practicing in the lab, it needs to be so easy in the lab that you could just never mess it up to make sure that you can do it in, in game. Cause like there are a bunch of combos still. I like, I still spend some time in the lab uh, and certainly not as much as I should, but uh, there are combos that I can hit, you know, 
seven out of ten times or whatever in the lab, and I in game it's like one out of fifty. Well, right, because like you're under pressure, and I I think that you know understanding that is like really important. Right. Um, I want to talk about other ways to practice because like we're talking about practice now, but there are two really important things to talk about when it comes to practicing. One of them is online, and I think that we need to include rule sets when we talk about this. So, I think that one of the people's frustration with online is they feel like they can't get the most out of online. That's totally fair. There's a lot of crap online. But I do think that there are rule sets that help you get the most out of this. And Matt, I'd like you to... You you have more online experience than me. I'd like you to talk about it first. Uh, well, so I, I also want to point out that, like... If you're a player that's having a great deal of frustration with online, it might be worth looking into what your setup actually looks like. Uh, because I know that I have a friend that actually sold their Switch and copy of... Or I, they might have kept their Switch, but they sold their copy of Smash because they thought that online was just unplayable. They moved to a place that had better internet and then tried to play Smash online uh, just yesterday and yeah. found out that their problem the whole time was that they just had a really bad internet connection and thought that that's how online was supposed to be. And it's it's important to note also that it's not necessarily just the megabytes or whatever because they had, you know, 400 megabytes per second or whatever internet. And... Uh, it's not, it's not only that, like connection stability is really important. If you can, the best thing to do is get your switch hardlined. It will greatly improve your experience. Um, One, just to talk about that. Like I have a, um, a switch set up in my bedroom where my internet connection is. And one of the things that I was going to do over the next few weeks was actually play with Matt on that setup where maybe I'm not in the most comfortable position. But I am in a position where, like, my internet's better. Mm -hmm. And it's really important. Like, uh, Matt and I had two days of bad internet. Our last two days have been really good. But, like, that, that inconsistency comes from me on the setup behind me, if you're watching on video, not being hardlined. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing about Wi-Fi. Like, your internet connection is more important for, like, how much input delay you're going to get compared to, like, the baseline of four frames for online. Uh, but the consistency really comes from being hardlined. Yeah. So let, let's talk about rule set though, because even if you get hardlined, oh, you know what? Before we do that, I want to say that like the Switch OLED has a. If you bought a Switch OLED, like if you're like I'm a brand new Switch player, there's already an Ethernet port in there. If you're not, like you bought a used switch that was either the OG switch or the Redbox switch. Uh, you can buy an Ethernet adapter for USB for like seven bucks and they work pretty well. Yeah, that's currently what I use and it's been fine for me. So, Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, for, for rule sets, so basically you get three main options on Wi-Fi that are uh, like you don't you don't want to play on any stage because you'll get you know, every stage in the game. <laughs> so you can either play on Battlefield, Final Destination, or Small Battlefield is the... I say recent, but, like, it's probably been, like, two years now, at least since they came out with Small Battlefield. <laughs> um, but uh, I, for me, I think that Small Battlefield is the best option of those three, only because it's the most neutral. Uh, Battlefield and FD really favor certain characters. Like, I actually play against a lot of... Uh, you know, characters like Kazuya, Little Mac, uh, you know, the kind of characters that are really excel on FD that play on FD. And it just it boggles my mind because 
uh, nobody's ever going to leave those stages unbanned against you. <laughs> like, I, I know... Uh, They're trying for, to get a lead smash, man. Well, here's the thing. Like, I've actually... Uh, I remember watching an ESAM video, and he was complaining about... Uh, uh, about the options being Battlefield or FD because it's like Pikachu's worst stage versus his best stage or whatever. <laughs> and he's like, I would never play on, on this stage because, you know, I would always ban it and nobody would ever play on this stage because they would always ban it. Sure. And it's just like, it does make it awkward for some characters. Like, obviously it would be better if they just had PS2 or whatever as an option. <laughs> Dude, if they had PS2, that would be so sick. Yeah. <laughs> that but, would be the sick. I mean... It's not like Small Battlefield isn't PS2, but it's not. It's not PS2. Yeah, for, yeah, for, for my money, PS. Or, sorry, Small Battlefield is the is the neutralist stage. Well, what's funny is I think that a lot of people will have a similar mindset to you and also be on that stage that are trying to play on a similar rule set to you, mm-hmm. which will make you match into people with that rule set. So, I, for what it's worth, uh, the way that Smash Online works is it picks. The closest rule set to the two players rule set is my understanding. I think it alternates between their rule sets. I mean, to some extent, assuming that the the deviation in rule set isn't that much like, but definitely you see some people have like five minute sets or whatever. Um, But yeah, I think it alternates. It just chooses one of you randomly. It pairs you based on how, how close your rule sets are. uh, And then, you know, you'll either get theirs or, or yours. Yeah. So there are a few things that like end up happening. One, you if you don't have the rule set picked correctly, like uh, I remember trying to get Elite Smash like really early on with Sonic, and so I turned items on, for example. Mm-hmm. And man, did I get some weird rules. <laughs> so so for me, like understanding, like okay, I want to pick one of these stage options. I want to play items off, and I want to play with this many minutes is it's kind of important like otherwise you're gonna get something weird yeah i mean the default is is seven minutes three stock yep uh, and i would i would recommend that time frame because i don't know if you get uh, into the weirder stuff if you go any less than that like i think the online system for determining a winner if you go to time is not as good as the offline system yeah uh you go into sudden death and there are a lot of characters that have very big advantages in sudden death yeah, I, I want to quickly mention, like, if you don't follow what we're saying right here, you might end up in, like, four-player games, mm-hmm. which is real awkward, so. Right. Yeah, uh, I mean, the be- best way to do it would just be to try to emulate, you know, the closest you can to a tournament rule set. Yeah. Can I ask, uh, just because the listeners can hear it, like, what are you practicing right now? Oh, the you're talking about the clicking sound? Yeah. I'm sorry, that was just a pen. I'm just clicking oh. the pen. <laughs> I thought you were you were practicing like short hops or something. No, no. <laughs> I thought I was talking to the, to the Hinder father for a second. I was like, I love it. <laughs> no. Uh, let, let's talk about offline though, and like the importance of like offline and partners. Uh, Matt, you had a really hard time when we first went to an offline tournament, but we're able to adjust. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like one. I mean, feed my ego or break it down. Like, what does having a Smash partner mean to you? And then, yeah, I th- well, I think it's really important to have. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's important to have somebody that you can practice with because playing against a human being is going to give you way better feedback than playing against a CPU, no matter what. Yeah. Uh, 
And I know that, like, when you first start playing Smash, the CPUs are going to seem really good. And they are really good at certain aspects of the game. Like, in here, Dude, they're broken at, at certain aspects of the and, game. And, you, like, you, like, watch people... Dodges. You try... Yeah, sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt you. But, like, you watch pros try to unlock characters in this game, mm-hmm. and they lose. And you're like, what? <laughs> and it's because yeah. there are certain things the CPU do do that, like are not humanly possible. Yeah, like, one one very good example that the CPUs often do is, like, if you're going for any kind of a shark under a platform, they will parry it and grab, and I've never once seen any human being ever parry an aerial and then grab <laughs> while standing on a platform. I'm just like, okay. That'd be sick, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try that sometime. Uh, so anyway, is that bufferable? But, uh, Can you buffer that? Yeah, I mean, sure. You can probably buffer it if you know for sure you're going to get the parry. All right. Well, and it has to, probably has to be a frame perfect parry. All right. Um. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, uh, I forgot where I was going. With no, this. you were you were saying like that they the oh yeah, but the CPUs have a ton of habits that you can just easily read and punish, and they never change. Um. Yeah. And they don't adapt to your habits is another big thing. So getting the feedback from a partner is super important. Um, I also think here's, here's a, here's a subtle value that I think is worth noting. Different setups will have different, uh, like audio video delay. (laughs) This is something that I came to realize. Uh, and I think it's important to play on a number of different setups. So you can kind of get an idea of what you're actually looking at. Really? That was something that was kind of interesting for me. Did yeah. you do you feel like my OLED has a different audio video than I guess I'm on a 4K TV too. Yeah, I think all TVs kind of have a different uh, delay to some extent. It's oh, not you know like what though? Delay. No, I actually remember us talking about this because the TV that I was playing Smash on for a long time over mm-hmm. here to my left is a 420, mm-hmm. and I was telling you that when I moved to the 4K TV. I just started winning more. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually plan on moving this TV downstairs for what it's worth for the kids to like put another monitor here to play Smash on. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm really glad you said that. But yeah, I think it's really important. And one one thing too is that uh, there is a there is a default four frame input delay between offline and online. So online, everything takes four frames to input. Um, what this means is that moves are insanely hard to react to. Like there are plenty of moves that are just physically not reactable online that are reactable offline. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely going to be some differences there. But more than that, I think it's important to just practice offline sometimes, especially if you have a tournament coming up. Because for me, uh, when I went to my first offline tournament, it looked like the game was like slower. Um, I mean, and kind kind of because it is, right? Like it's actually just slower because you don't have to. Uh, you're seeing everything as it as it's happening instead of like four frames later, <laughs> right? Um, and that was hard for me to adjust to. Like all my all my inputs and everything seemed like it. It, it almost felt like the game was lagging, but right. it's not. It's your brain making adjustments that don't need to be there. Yeah. What was funny is like. Uh... We we had a session where you came over where I was just like was dominating you offline, mm-hmm. and I I had been losing to you like ten out of fifteen games 
almost every time before that. And what was really apparent is like I had been playing against the CPU when I wasn't playing against you, and you were playing against offline opponents when you weren't playing against me. And what I what I think ended up happening recently is that you've been able to adjust your brain or like prepare yourself in different ways. I'm curious, is there a way that you've been doing that? Um, well, one thing that I think has helped a lot is just, I think that this kind of ties into playing more characters too. Like yeah. my brain just has to make adjustments a lot more than it did back sure. then. Like I, back when, uh, when we had those tournaments, like I was playing just almost exclusively zero suit. Yeah. So I had an idea of exactly how long everything should take from sure. when I press the button to when it happens. And now my brain kind of just has to adjust, especially if I'm to where zero suit is. Well, if I'm switching characters a lot, like I just, uh, I have to adjust my, uh, not input delay, but like my mental, uh, delay on how long it should take for an aerial to come out regularly. <laughs> so I think that's helped me a lot from adjusting just, uh, on the fly. Love it. Uh, we, we, we talked about each other a lot, but I, I want to really highlight like kind of the value of finding a partner. Like, I, I think that if you listen to like some of the top podcasts, like Tweet talks about the value that light brings him, mm. you know, or, or Jackal brings him. And I, I personally think that like, I am only where I'm at in smash because I play with Matt. Uh, I don't know if Matt feels that way about me, but like my characters are so much better than they would ever be because I want to be Matt. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that for myself uh, as well. Like I, uh, <laughs> I, I think we're both just pretty competitive people. So like, you know, as, as your friends get better at something, you just tend to get better at something. Yeah. Like I, I, I was thinking about this as I was, I don't know. I was watching something the other day. Maybe I, I, you know what? I think I was watching Bowser. I think I was actually playing against Maxwell playing Bowser mm -hmm. and he kept down being, and I was like, I know how to beat this because I've beaten it from Matt. Mm -hmm. Like I know the way to play against down air and down B because I couldn't beat that from Matt from down air and down B. I know how to beat this from this character because of Matt or Mason. And that 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 holds a lot of value. Where like, yeah, you can learn that online, but I don't think that you learn it as quickly as you do from somebody just pummeling the freaking heck out of you with a moveset or with a character. Well what I think is interesting too is uh I think that Mason's style specifically of finding a move that works and just spamming yeah, nonstop he does it. He does that helped well. us a lot, but <laughs> probably hindered his growth a lot as well. So it really, I don't know how, like, you know, how selfish it is to request that a training partner just, like, only spam a certain Dude, move that you're having trouble beating. Straight but... up, I think that Mason, like, frustrated the hell out of me. And I made Smash less fun for him because I, like, complained about it a lot. Mm. But. Uh, it bugs me less when people do it now, right? Because of him, like I, I should, I should just text him and thank him for it. <laughs> yeah. So. Um. But yeah, I, I mean that ties into my next point too. Is that it's really important, especially when you're first starting out, to understand that the things that are making you win aren't always good, and you really have to draw a line at some point about whether you want to get better or do something that's helping you win. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I know that, like, I still struggle against command grabs, but now understand how to play against them better. Mm-hmm. And, like, that type of stuff, like, I, 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 if it weren't for you and Mason, I would just think command grab, grabs are broken. There's no way to beat them. They're just <laughs> best moves in the game, right? I mean, if you ever watch Incineroar, I mean, Sky J, it's it's still, it still looks broken. It still <laughs> looks broken. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, that that Sky J does make command grab look broken. I mean, he's not the only one, but yeah. Uh, that's going to do it. I want to quickly talk, oh, for our main topic, I should say, I want to quickly talk about this weekend's tournaments. Uh, there weren't American ones, but we had a Japanese tournament and uh, a, a European tournament. And the winners were, the Siski one seemed predictable. Um, the switches, I was kind of curious to your thoughts. I wanted to hear it live on the podcast. When when would you play Samus versus Dark Samus? I have no idea. Like, my, my default would be to play Samus all the time, but I really like not being hit compared to... Yeah, that's my thought, is like... But the Other thing is, is like aspects. you you played against me. I win with Dark Samus more, mm-hmm. and I don't know why. Yeah, I think uh, I've definitely heard players say that Dark Samus is better. Um, but for me, I think just my play style migrates towards having a much smaller hurt box. You're right. Yeah, I I you know I I like them both. Like I I I these are like one you know in my top five favorite characters, uh, I like Samus more because I like not getting hit. But mm-hmm. I, I think that if we looked at my data, it would say that I win with Dark Samus more. Yeah, I think Dark Samus is more consistent, for one. Um, like, a lot of her moves are hit in a in a bigger area a bigger where you would area, expect yeah. them to. Yeah. Um, so that's probably a big thing, especially for tournament play, is it's uh, adding that consistency is really valuable. Yeah, why do you why do you think Siski would go to Samus other than trying to ship his hurt box? Or is that I, the only I mean, reason? I imagine that's the only reason. That's yeah, only I mean, reason. he, he I, uh, I didn't see uh, if he was playing Samus throughout, but I I know he was playing Samus against Wario, and I assumed that it was mostly just. Well, that's because uh, Wario has huge hurt box. Er, yeah, yeah, that makes er, hitboxes. Hitboxes, yeah. yeah. I assume sense. it was to avoid some of the nares and stuff, um, just not get started on combos. And then the other tournament this weekend, uh, as the time of the recording, was Spargo's run, um, which you were really impressed with. Yeah, I mean, he uh, got knocked into losers uh, at least a few rounds before top eight. I don't know what round it was specifically, but he probably had to play, you know, seven extra matches over Akala, who ended up being in the finals. Yeah, and also, like, you know, I think Akola won Summit. And people were like, is Akola the best player in the world? And I, I I don't know. Like, we've talked about this a lot on the, the podcast. But, like, I think the top four is done for. Like, I, somebody's got to do a lot to break into this, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think, if yeah. anything, this has actually proved that the top top placements are more in flux than I thought that they were. Right, but, like, has, has anyone of the top four lost to anyone but Riddles recently other than Spargo? Uh, well, that's, that does, there's so many qualifiers on what you just said and it becomes sure. almost nonsense at some point, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Gluto has beaten all the top players at some point. Uh, I mean, I mean recently though. 
I mean, I, it depends on how recently we're looking at, right? Like sure. in the last two months, Bluto has probably beaten, you know, multiple of those players. Maybe. Uh, I have to look. I, I, I just think that like the top four of, of Tweak. Yeah, I think the top four are clear at this point for sure. But uh, all I'm saying is that it wouldn't be so hard to imagine somebody uh, breaking into it. So the last episode of Tweak Talks, listen to the podcast if you listen to this and you don't listen to that for what it's worth. They're great. Um, uh, Charles was like, the best player in the world is a cola and it's not close. And Tweak's response was, my ego is like fuming right <laughs> <laughs> like, That's actually surprising. I feel like Tweak is always usually really humble about that. Yeah, I, I, I also I never, never really, never really takes credit. I also think this is like Tweak's perfect opportunity to say I'm the best player in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly like, never he's been. The he's most, never been as in contention. Yeah, as he, is, he now. is like the most consistent of all of them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, other maybe, than maybe a I cola. mean, next to uh, Cola, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say actually. Yeah, I mean, like if you asked me, it'd be like a Cola Tweak, probably Spargo Leo. That's probably the order that I would have them in right now as well. I think that, uh, I don't know, Leo kind of just... Uh, He's going to figure out a character and just like blow us all I don't even away. think it's a character crisis. I think he just kind of hasn't been playing that much Smash. I mean, he said as much. I mean, he yeah. said before Summit that he just hadn't been playing that much Smash. Well, if you want to talk to us about who you think the top five players in the world are, you can find me at Spencer Nature, you can find Matt at the Witch Clink. Um, is that even true? Is it just at Witch Clink? Uh, I think it's at the witch clean. I'm right. not 100% to be honest with you. It's probably not even a good place to find me. Being, yeah, being just, real. just hit him up in the Discord. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's probably the best way to find him. Yeah. And you can like, comment, and subscribe. Don't forget that if you are one of the first thousand subscribers, we're giving away a Switch and a copy of whatever the latest Smash game is. And then if you love this content, don't forget to give us a chance to uh, hear you as a sponsor. Even if it's just for one episode, hit us up. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Matt, I really enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed our time today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a fun episode. There was so much to cover, so I hope that we did at least a decent job of covering everything. All right, and we'll see you on the next time with another episode of Smash Through. Imagine Matt's fist going through this. I know. You got to do it, though. Mm. <laughs>